called you he called you to be his sons and daughters he called you to share his life with you lord jesus i'd like to thank you for all that you have done for every person here lord jesus you loved us so much that the joy set before you you endured the cross thank you for going to the cross and paying the ultimate price for us the forgiveness of our sins i pray from today lord jesus that every person may know the freedom that is in christ jesus thank you while we're still sinning christ died for us thank you for your love that completes us and makes us whole thank you holy spirit that you're here speaking to people's hearts and feeding them the truth that sets them free i pray for every person here that is struggling mentally emotionally and physically that from today it's finished from today it's finished in jesus name from today it's finished darkness is expelled <clears throat> darkness is expelled darkness is expelled every demon that has been assigned to attack every believer here in the name of jesus christ we command you to be expelled from their lives in the name of jesus christ we command you satan to be expelled from their lives for they have been bought at a price by the blood of the lamb for we overcome satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony thank you jesus i pray from today lord that every person may witness your freedom thank you lord i pray for your love father in jesus name to come upon them thank you lord lord jesus this meeting is for you lord we are nothing but a vapor we are nothing but a breath this meeting is for you and we are your people that want to know you help us today thank you thank you lord we love you so much we thank you we thank you jesus i pray for your love to overflow in their hearts thank you the lord's touching you now by faith he's touching you be in a position to receive <clears throat> the bible says where the spirit of the lord is there's freedom there's no such thing as a waiting or a time it's present receive in the mighty name of jesus receive every darkness every bondage every stronghold in the name of jesus christ we commanded to be expelled every assignment of the devil <clears throat> every strategy of the devil 
every program of the devil in their minds, their hearts, we command it to be expelled in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I pray from today, Lord, that freedom has come to them, that they may walk truly with you. Thank you. Holy Spirit, release them now. In Jesus' name, release them. Release them. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> we thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> we thank you, Jesus. For whom the sun sets free is free. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son that you love. Thank you that we are transferred, no longer seen as sinners, but we are seen as sons and daughters. Thank you. I pray for this divine revelation to enter their hearts, that they are accepted, redeemed and restored. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. <clears throat> I've seen so many people that are getting attacked by negative thinking. And this is... Most of the time, these are demons that cause negative thinking. And I've seen the Lord come where your ears are and close that door. I saw it mostly with women. <clears throat> there's a difference between renewing your mind, renewing your mind, and there's a difference between a strategy or a stronghold that a demon is trying to influence you with. You need to discern. You need to discern the devil, and you need to discern your own thoughts. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Lord, we bless this meeting in your name, and we pray for your spirit of grace to be here with us, so that we can be fed and well-nourished in your truth. Thank you, Father. Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father draws them to me. I thank you, God, our Father, for calling us as your sons and daughters inside of your Son. Thank you that we are free today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <coughs> Who's ready for tonight? Man. Amen. Thank you for coming uh, for the team. Um, that worship, that was beautiful. If you can have a round of applause for them, please. Thank you for the team that constantly come every single week. Chris, 
Becky, Crystal, and the rest of the clan, I'd like to thank you for all your hard work you do in secret. I thank you, Chris. Thank you, Crystal and Becky. God bless you. I also like to thank my wife because she lets me do whatever I want in the Lord. All that time that I invest to feed you and feed my family, my wife releases me to do that. So I'd like to thank you for that. <clears throat> okay. Some powerful teaching coming. You'll probably change the way you see your life in Christ. For the Holy Spirit to inspire me to see these things, He is truly wanting us to be blessed by Him. <clears throat> you know, there's an issue in the body of Christ today. And I'd like to share my heart with you. How many people know the Lord Jesus? Hands up. It should be all of us, right? How many people are blessed by the Lord Jesus to be led by the Spirit? Okay. I'm not having a go at anyone. But I want to challenge your faith. <clears throat> Does anyone remember what I last preached? What's that, sorry? Warfare? That's good. Does anyone remember the two points that I preached about? Well, good listeners. Uh, there was two, there was three major points, and I spoke about the first two. First one being C, starts with C. Good. Second one, ignorance. Very good. Third one, the, the ones that I told you can't say nothing. Yeah, I didn't say it. That's good. I'm just testing you, because someone's called out something. Okay, take it easy now. Okay. <clears throat> so who suffers warfare from week to week, month to month, and they can't put the finger on their they can't put their finger on the problem? How many people go back and forth and they can't understand what's happening in their life? Majority? Okay. Just agree. Just agree. Just agree. Just agree. Um, okay. <clears throat> I'm going to speak about the three points again. And I'm going to share with you the third point of what keeps what keeps warfare or what keeps Satan in your life. It's not a good feeling for someone to get attacked from the enemy or to remain in a place of warfare. Is it normal for a believer to stay there? Eh? It's not. <clears throat> and does anyone remember the major point that I shared about why people continuously go through warfare? Whether it's fear, oppression, anxiety, depression, confusion, doubt instability 
Have you ever thought why you would go through that? How many people suffer from this from day to day? And some people have learned to live with it, right? Some people have learned to make a home for it, that this is who I am. People live a defeated life. People live an unfruitful life. But is that what God intended for us? It's not. <clears throat> so I shared so, so many powerful truths about, about how Satan enters your life. The first one being covenant. The second one being ignorance. What does, actu what does ignorance actually mean? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a different direction. And I'll share with you the third door. So, so Satan, <coughs> he cannot work outside of these three doors. Meaning that when you shut those doors spiritually, guess what happens? Satan must leave your life. It's a blessing where the enemy has no influence over your life anymore. It is. That's where peace and rest and joy begins in the Lord. Yes? That's when you really begin to taste and see that the Lord is good. But when you go through warfare, it's not a good feeling, is it? It's not. Especially being in a place of confusion. The greatest warfare is being confused because you don't, you don't know where to go anymore. <coughs> so you got to bear with me, I have a little cough. I don't have COVID, so don't run away. Okay. So Satan enters through three major principles. Number one, covenants. I'm going to speak about it, but not now. The Holy Spirit led me a different direction. The second one, ignorance. And the third one, have a guess. So just, just one word. Not every word in the Bible. Just one word. Good. I'm shaking. The third major entry where Satan has authority to attack your life is disobedience. <clears throat> so, covenant, ignorance, disobedience. They're the three major doors he uses to keep you living an unfruitful life for the Lord. So you've got to begin to ask yourself these questions. What in me continuously operates in a place of disobedience? Ignorance. And how do I fix this area? This is the major teaching from today. How do I fix this area? So if there's one major principle when you speak about disobedience, <coughs> what comes to you? Pride. If there's one major principle about disobedience, what comes to you? 
rebellion, pride, sin. Not being there. Very good, John. Very good, John. It's <laughs> <laughs> good, John. Comedian John. So, Tony's not here, we have John. <laughs> so, if there's one major principle when you speak about disobedience, what is the greatest major principle for you to be dis disobedient from? So you're serving something else? What's that, sorry? Arrogance? That's good. <coughs> so there's one major factor that allows Satan to continuously attack. You know what it is? To prevent you from entering the kingdom. What did Jesus ask for you to do? Seek what? So there's one major factor that proves that your journey is false. Because you can have problems, you can deal with sin, but as long as you're in the place of operating in his kingdom, God, what does he do? He prunes you as you bear more fruit. You understand that? No. What's the last prayer Jesus prayed before he died? Not my will be done, yours. <clears throat> you can have many struggles and challenges, but the greatest form of disobedience that God sees is you rejecting to follow him and operate in his kingdom. What's the first major principle of the kingdom? What's the major and first principle of a kingdom? What's that, sorry? Someone? What's the first major principle for you to operate in the kingdom of Christ? What's that? Repentance. Repentance. That's the first major principle. Every message from all the prophets to the apostles to Jesus Christ was the first one. Repentance. And many are still in this area. Many. I can share with you how I operate in the kingdom. <clears throat> I can. I can share with you from week to week how I operate in the kingdom. I know my position now, but did I start straight away in this area? No, I knew where I needed to focus on. What's the first major principle? Repentance. Hebrews chapter 6. The first principle for you to follow Christ. What is it? Repentance of dead works and acts that lead to death. The first major principle for a believer is to repent. Many believers are still here. <clears throat> still confused, still living in sin, allowing their fallen nature to dictate them and dominate them. They're still in this area. Because if you weren't in this area, naturally you get promoted to the kingdom. Naturally, whether you like it or not. So I'll share something small with you. In the book of Romans, there's a little treasure. And it gives us three titles of who we are in Christ. The first one is a child. What does a child do? Childish things. What does a son do? Accepts discipline. 
Trials come, situations come, circumstances come, he accepts discipline. What's the third principle? A worker. I'm working, co-laboring with Christ now. You see? What does Paul say? Put the childish things away. So you begin to see, am I a worker for Christ? Or am I still in the area where I have to put my childish things away? And what does the child do? Complains, he murmurs. What does the son do? Accepts the discipline. A true son allows God to discipline him and work on his heart. And a worker, what does he do? He knows that he's working for Christ now. You know, for me, <clears throat> if there's one thing, have you ever asked yourself, why do I do this? It's not for me to build a reputation. Why do you think I do this every week and I study, commit myself? And it's not about me, but why do I do everything I can? You know why? For your hearts to be true. Nothing, nothing is more important to me than your hearts to be true to God. Nothing. I have no other satisfaction to read the word of God and to be true to God. Nothing. And this is how the Holy Spirit taught me. To be true to Him. From glory to glory you continuously excel in the Lord. Think about it. So many people want to bypass the childish um, principle and they want to move into the place of a worker. That's pride. So I have something to ask you today. <clears throat> Why do you think God doesn't bless you? It's a good question, eh? How many people want to be blessed by God? How many people? So, so how many people want to be blessed by God? What does it mean to be blessed by God? What does it mean? What does it mean for every believer here to be blessed by God? Answer if you can. All the good things come. Next. Being in His presence. What does it truly mean, if you were to look at me today, what does it truly mean to be blessed by God? Change, amen. Born in the Holy Spirit. Rest in Him. So, so, so how does a son move towards a worker? So a son gets promoted to a worker when he is led by the Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit, they're the sons. But how do you get led by the Spirit? You have to get disciplined. You have to kill the things of this world and the flesh. And that's not an easy process. Because you have all that you have known all your life to dominate you and dictate you. And then you have the Holy Spirit trying to peel these things away from you. How many people, when they get disciplined, they get burnt out? They get discouraged. They fall into sin. They feel condemned. They feel unworthy. They feel separated from God. They feel confused. When I understood 
that God my Father has to discipline me because He loves me, I accepted. You know something I can share with you of how I began to locate the Holy Spirit? I lost my voice. I lost my opinion. I lost everything to begin to hear Him. I have a saying that a person who is highly opinionated he will never be able to hear from the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so how many people have got blessed by God? How many people here have been blessed by God? They've seen His fingerprint, they've seen His blessings come upon their life, but not able to sustain it. Anyone can get blessed by God, but not many people can sustain their walk with Christ. Why? Why? Does it just happen for the sake of happening? So how many people get blessed and not many people sustain their walk? And what does God see that a person is not worthy to be blessed from Him? You want to see? It's actually so powerful. <coughs> So Satan enters through ignorance. The word is Strong's 5.2. It's agnoia. And it means the lack of knowledge, especially God's word. <coughs> so can I share something with you? And it will allow you to see the word of God different. You know there is scripture in the Bible where God commands a blessing. Yes? Now work your mind now. There's scripture in the word of God where God commands a blessing. Now, this is the question. What area does God focus His blessings on? What area does God focus on blessing you? Uh, sorry? You can say, don't be, don't be scared. In the Spirit. Next. God focuses blessings around something. Isn't that interesting, eh? Isn't that interesting? So in the Bible, there are blessings. <clears throat> when God promises He's going to bless you, you better pay attention. Because this is the area you must focus. Now, what does God build His blessings upon? What type of principle in your life does He build the blessings on? Obedience. I'm looking for one word. What's that? Heart? Close. Unity? Forgiveness? Truth? Love? They're all good. Blessing the flesh? Okay, so, so when, when you re receive Christ... Amen. Amen. So what do you think God focuses on blessing? God doesn't bless you when you first receive Christ. There is something that you have to undergo. Discipline? Repentance? There's one word. Relationship? They've said every word in the dictionary. 
<coughs> it's good, you will learn today. So, it's good, close. Closer. <laughs> good. Anton said your character. Good, thank God. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ. So God, God focuses on one area where all the blessings are produced, the character of your heart. What is a, what is a character? Someone? I want to work you today. What is a character? So if I was to say the character of Christ, what's the major and first principle? Love. Good. Now we're getting somewhere. So God focuses on one area where all the blessings are in this area, your character. What did Jesus choose when he judged the people on the last day? What did Jesus choose? We casted out demons, we healed in your name, we prophesied. He said, go away, you who commit lawlessness. Their character did not change. Their character belonged to Satan. Because the one who sins and keeps on sinning after receiving knowledge of truth has never seen him or known him. So you begin to ask the question. So I found this out many years ago. That God focuses on what? He focuses on character. And how does he produce character in your life? Trials. Discipline. So what, is it, what are fruits when you go through trials and challenges and circumstances? What are the fruits for you to disobey? What are the fruits? Complaining. Murmuring. Lack of commitment. Living in the flesh. So you begin to see. All the areas that God blesses in the word of God are found around your character. Your character. Your heart. So what is the character of Satan? Anger. Pride. What is one major principle that not many people know? It's Satan. Confusion. So what does, what does God bless? Character. What does ignorance produce in a believer? You miss out on all of God's blessings. You know that? You know you can miss out on God's blessings? You know God wants to bless and we can actually miss out on God's blessings? So let's go through scripture. I'll show you. <clears throat> So look at this here. Look at this. So Satan enters through ignorance. This is there are two major foundations. The covenant one is not very intense. Um, ignorance and disobedience are the two main denominators where people fall short of God's blessings. Yes? God is not slow in keeping his promises. Wants everyone to come to repentance. Mind of Christ, the heart of Christ. He's not slow in keeping his promises, as some people understand. He wants everyone to change. Why did Jesus allow you to receive the grace of God? The grace of God has appeared. It teaches us to deny all ungodliness. So why was the Holy Spirit? Why was the Spirit of grace given to us? 
to deny ungodliness. So for you to operate in ungodliness, meaning the character of the enemy, keeps you from getting blessed and it allows you to fall short on what God wants to do in your life. It's true. So look at this here. <clears throat> Satan enters through ignorance, agnoia, meaning lack of knowledge of God's word. Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed by their lack of knowledge. But what does that actually mean? It's because you haven't read the word of God? No, you haven't read the word of God for a certain situation. Now look, it's here. Very powerful. Agonoia means lack of knowledge of God's word. Especially divine things of moral blindness concerning principles of right and wrong behavior. Isn't that interesting? The mature, the mature have trained themselves to discern both good and evil. So how does God see a mature believer? He has an understanding of the truth. Can you see? What does the Bible tell you? To rightly handle the word of truth. Rightly handle. How do you handle the word of God? To see the flesh, to see sin, to see rebellion, to see ignorance. That's how you handle the word of God. So God can begin to bless you and to promote you. But unfortunately Satan comes in opportune times, in times when you're weak. And we've given him such a margin in our lives. Such a margin. <clears throat> so, I'm not going to go there. But ignorance means moral blindness of what is right and wrong. It's so powerful. go deeper <clears throat> I'll start with this one <clears throat> let's go to Psalms 133 verse 1 to 3. So Renee said something about unity. That's one major principle. <coughs> Look at this here. What does ignorance do? How can a person, how can a person in the body of Christ operate in ignorance? Isn't that interesting? Most of the people, they're saved here by the grace of God, yes? Yes? So you have a responsibility now. And this will allow you to miss out on the blessings of God. Okay? So look here what it says. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Next. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the bead, the bead of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. Now this is a picture for, for you to be led continuously by the Spirit. Next scripture. It is like the Jew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, 
For there the Lord commanded the blessings of life forevermore. Now, isn't it interesting that God commands a blessing? Yeah, but let's look deeper. Let's look, let's look deeper than this. Why does God command a blessing for unity? Let's say a person has come to the area or, or he's come to the principle of unity. What has changed in his heart? What has changed in his heart? Let's say someone is willing to gather all the people together and to seek the Lord with all their heart and to worship him. What, what is the true fruit of unity? What is the true fruit of unity? What is the true fruit of unity? Why does God command a blessing in unity? When people come together and they seek the Lord with all their heart, what is the, what is the greatest outcome that God is trying to locate something inside of you? What is it? Humility, humbleness, it's good, amen. Someone else? Love. Is God really blessing unity or He's blessing the love that you have for Him? Love. The greatest prayer that Jesus prayed when He prayed for all the people in the world, what was it? Jesus, when Jesus prays to the Father regarding us, pay extra attention. Yes? Are you getting this or you're... When Jesus prays to the Father, He prayed to the Father not many times. When Jesus prayed to the Father regarding us, there was one thing that he said the most. He said, I pray that you all become one, just as me and the Father are one. You begin to understand, out goes pride. Out goes disunity. Out goes selfishness. Not about you anymore. So what is God really trying to do when he brings unity? His true church can be formed. The fivefold ministry and God's, God can be glorified through every believer that operates in unity. Isn't that interesting? So what is God blessing? Is he blessing unity? You can come here and you have grievance towards me. You can come here and you have issues with me, which many people do. Unity is love. See, when you gather in love and you only entertain love for each other, what does God do? He commands a blessing on you. Why so many people are not blessed here? Because there's not love. There's not love. Love is the key. And love is what? The opposite of pride. So let me keep going. Now, you want to hear something um, pretty intense? Uh, I'll read it to you. And then you fell off my chair when I read this one. Because it's right there in front of us. So let me, let me challenge you a bit. God commands a blessing. Not many times in the scripture God commands a blessing. But when he does command a blessing, what is it around? Your character. The love in your heart for Christ. You understand that? 
I preached yesterday for five to six hours. That's my love for Christ, that I want to help his people legitimately. That's my love for Christ. But I want to challenge you here. What's the opposite of unity? So, someone said disunity. Let's actually look what it means. <clears throat> the word disunity in the Webster's Dictionary defines as what? You ready for this? You can, you can Google it if you like. The word for disunity from the Webster's Dictionary, they're the ones that define each biblical word, is what? Warfare. <laughs> That's what it says. That when you operate in disunity, which is a pride, which is unselfishness, uh, sorry, selfishness, you're, you're, you're welcoming warfare into your heart. Because God is love. Whoever lives in God lives in love. Now what do you actually entertain in your heart? So if you were to ask me today, and by the grace of God, my heart is clear towards you. Every person here. You know why? Because that's God's love. I'm not allowed to entertain anything else. The Bible says to capture every thought to the mind and obedience of Christ. Then you may punish every disobedient thought. So my heart towards you is love. Whether you love me back, it's not up to me. But what is it that God is trying to do? What is the true meaning of unity? It's the opposite of pride. When you can come together, it's not about you anymore. It's not about what you can do. It's what Christ wants to do through you. So the first principle for you to operate in disunity, which many people do here, warfare. You're allowing warfare to come to you. No matter, you know what the Holy Spirit shared with me today? The Holy Spirit said to me when I was studying, He said, I love Judas to the end. Why did He say that? Why did Jesus say, I love Judas to the end? You want to know why? Because when there is the true love of God, no matter if He disobeys or He rejects, love is always present. Why did He say, I love Judas to the end? You know why? Because no matter what the outcome or the circumstances, if someone receives you or not, you must love them. You understand that? That's why Jesus said, I love Judas to the end. Because nothing in him, whether he was a child from Satan, whether he rejects salvation, he loved him to the end. That is God's nature. Now what happens when someone doesn't receive you? What happens when people oppose you? What happens when you don't see eye to eye with me? <laughs> Jesus loved Judas to the end. Meaning, there is no deceit or hypocrisy in the love of God. You're not allowed 
to dislove someone or hate someone because he didn't receive the truth. You're not allowed. So look at this here. The first word for disunity is warfare. What's blocking God's blessings? What's, God, what's, blessing, what's blocking God's blessings? Disunity welcomes warfare. For, con for you to continuously be attacked, what is Satan attracted to you in your heart? Pride. It's all about you. He didn't say hi to me last week. He didn't answer my phone call. We have, such a, we have such a list in the body of Christ today why we can hate someone. Isn't that true? Yes. No matter what the outcome is, you're not allowed to hate anyone. And I'll say this again. No matter what anyone has done to you, you're not allowed to hate anyone. That is the character of Satan. Jesus said, I love Judas to the end because in love there's no hypocrisy. Whether he receives you or he doesn't, love is always present. Understand this. <clears throat> and this is common in our people today. It's so common. If there's a stronghold over the Middle Eastern people, it's this. Really. It's true. We are so easily offended. Because of what? Why? Because ignorance of what God says. You know how many people have left these Bible studies? Because of ignorance? I feel like this person doesn't love me anymore. I feel like I can never trust that person. Does God say to do this? God says to forgive, for the perfect love of God remembers no evil. See, when you stand for the truth, Christ will stand for you. It's true. You know how many people have left because they're emotional? I feel like he doesn't love me anymore. I feel he's not giving me the time that he used to. Emotional, soulish, witchcraft. And why do people do that? The lack of truth. The lack of truth, especially when you're in, faced in these situations. Especially. I'm a person that likes to confront people. Why? Because God tells me, go and see them in secret. In secret. That's what love does. It protects. It doesn't expose. Are you listening? <laughs> you know how many people here have tried to expose me? But I, I cannot hate you. I cannot, if, even if I tried, I can't. And that is the truth. Because there's one thing that I prayed that allows me to be bulletproof. The love of Christ. I'm telling you. You know how many people have spoken ill of me and attacked me from the high to the lowest? But I prayed for one thing, that, my, that the Lord can make me like Him, His love. Because love will never allow you to be burnt out. It will never allow you to isolate yourself. He didn't, he didn't give me what I wanted. I'm going to stick to myself. No, I have Christ. No, you're operating in ignorance. 
because God commands you to come together. You, you, you see? So when you're operating this unity, what is the problem? It's pride. And I want to go through it. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to diagnose this unity. For someone to operate in this unity, whether it's every day, whether it's week to week, month to month, I'm going to diagnose the problem of why you're operating in this unity. Okay? And I pray by God's grace that you receive this. Now look here. Now isn't that interesting? You come here to expect some powerful word. God's teaching you to love one another. It's true. It's true. God's teaching you to love one another. Because when you love, you've seen God. And God is perfected in you. Now, not many times in the New Testament, God is perfected in you. Not many believers are walking in the perfection of Christ. What is the perfection of Christ? Love. The Bible says God is perfected in you. They're the letters of John, the epistles. Isn't that interesting? So how do you respond when troubles come your way? People don't treat you rightly. And people talk ill of you. And people attack you. How do you respond? So many people do not receive Christ because you respond like the world does. I'm going to keep my distance. I'm going to detach my life from him. If I did this from all of you, I'll be at home now. Because I can easily get offended for what the people have done to me. How does God see maturity in the Bible? The love of God. Lord, use me, use me. Love your enemy. Pray for those who hurt you. That's how God uses you. That's how you defeat the devil. Now look here. Look at the issue. With you continuously operating in disunity. Look at the issue. It says here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. Bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgive each other if one has a cause for complaint against one another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so should you forgive. Beyond all things, put on and wrap yourselves in unselfish love. Now, what's the real issue for someone to continuously operate in disunity? He lacks the love of God. So if a person lacks the love of God, is the blessings of Christ attracted to you? No. Guess who's attracted to you? Warfare. Warfare. Warfare is attracted to you. Warfare is attracted to you. I say that again. Warfare is attracted to you because your heart. Warfare is attracted to you. The enemy is attracted to you. So what's God's blessing built upon? Love, love, love. Look here. 
which is the perfect bond of unity. What is it? Love. How can you be defeated when the love of Christ is in you? You can bear with one another. You know, the easiest thing for me is to get people saved. The hardest thing is to walk through thick and thin with them and put up with their crap. Literally. The things that I hear from day to day, and I'm not here to hide anything, is to put up with people's childish things. He said, she said, she could have, he could have. Like, come on. Like, grow up. You didn't look at me like you did at me last week. <laughs> what is it? When I receive the love of God, it's not based on what someone gives me anymore. It's based on what I give from my heart. It's not based anymore on what they do for me. Unconditional love is based on who you are as a person of Christ. It doesn't want to accept anything in return. You understand that? So me preaching, going on missions, helping, it's not based on someone giving me something in return. It's based on the love that is inside of my heart. So, <clears throat> Ephesians 4, chapter 1 to 6. Now, isn't it interesting? I said, Holy Spirit, teach me so I can build these people up. So we can operate as a church or a body. Yes? Look what he showed me. Isn't that interesting? That God's Spirit cannot come and pour out his blessing upon every person here until there's the true love of God in everyone's heart. And it may come on few. It may come on 30, 40, 50. But for the ones who it doesn't come on, it's because they haven't truly surrendered to God's word. God commands a blessing where there's unity. Who are you really obeying now? God's truth. It's not based on anyone here anymore. It's based on the truth. That's different, isn't it? I had a dream many years ago. And there was a bus. And I'd like to share this with you. Because I didn't understand it in the way that I understand it now. There was a bus... And there was Christians at a bus stop. And the bus is going to the mountain of the Lord. There was a mountain of the Lord and the bus is picking up Christians and going to the mountain of the Lord. And we stopped at one place and there was believers there that had a stone on their heart. They had a stone on their heart. And the bus driver said, you cannot enter, you cannot come in. But I was in there and other people were in there from the ministry. And, and what happened was, is God showed me that their hearts become hard. Now how does your heart become hard? It's when you lack the love of God. Everything becomes a magnet to you. Offense, disunity, trust issues. And you begin to see, I have a problem. I have a problem inside my heart. It's the very thing that I said. And thank the Lord that I was honest with myself. I have a problem. And I identified the problem. I didn't beat myself up. I identified it. Lord Jesus, if there's something that I need to sustain my journey, 
is your love in my heart. So, <clears throat> so what's the real issue found in I haven't read this yet okay Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 to 6 what's the real issue that's blocking God's blessings from coming into your life look so I the prisoner of the Lord why is it a prisoner why would he start his sermon like this Why? Why would Paul start his sermon like this? Anyone? So he wants to release himself from the people? Okay. Why would he <coughs> why would he say a prisoner of the Lord or a prisoner for the Lord? You know why? Because he didn't want any intruder other than Christ to come inside of his heart. Can you understand? Because he's talking about moral, he's talking about personal integrity, godly character, and mature behavior. He was saying now that I'm in, a, I'm, I'm in a jail by the Spirit. I don't want anything else to come inside of my heart. Can you understand? So a prisoner is a slave to Christ. He's a slave to Christ. Meaning, what God says is what will have the final say. If God says to forgive, if God says to focus on maturity, there's no wavering outside of that place. Are you with me? Okay, now look here. So I, the prisoner of the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is, to live a life that exhibits God's character. To live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, and personal integrity, and mature behavior. Now, what is God's blessings attracted to? Godly character. Why? Why? Why is, that, why is God attracted to godly character in your heart? Because that's who He is. That's who He is. God is love. That's a character. That's who He is. So when you operate in the opposite way, you're operating in Satan. For he has been hating from the beginning. So how does God get to your heart? Give you the chance to love or to hate. When people wrong you, people do bad by you. God allows these things to come to test if you love him. And to test if you're going to be obedient to his word. But I feel like I can never trust this person again. Unfortunately, there are people like this in the body where people have misrepresented Christ. But I'm talking about this place here. Okay. Look what it says here. A life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. With all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control. With patience, bearing with one another in all unselfish love. Make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Each individual working together to make the whole successful. There is one body of believers and one Spirit. 
just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us, all who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. So you begin to see what attracts warfare, disunity. What, what is the true meaning of a person operating in disunity? Selfishness, pride. And how many people operate like this from day to day? And they're asking God to bless them. And they struggle to forgive their brother or sister. Now the next word. The next word for disunity is conflict. Conflict. Let's read it. Now this is pretty powerful. The word conflict promotes self-centeredness. Now pay attention please. The word conflict promotes self-centeredness virtually forcing us to flee, defend ourselves, or attack the other to maintain or establish a measure of control. i read it out again. Pay attention. <clears throat> the word conflict promotes self-centeredness, virtually forcing us to flee, defend ourselves, or attack the other to maintain or establish a measure of control. Paul keeps speaking about it. Why won't you be wronged? If someone has wronged you, let them do what they want. You don't have to respond. Because what responds? Self-centeredness. Control. You want to control the situation. When you come to Christ, you're not going to be able to control most of the situations. Because there God's testing your heart. Are you going to say something? Are you going to bless them? Are you going to pray for them? Are you going to love them no matter their outcome? So, <clears throat> a quarrel that could be easily settled if both parties were humble continues indefinitely when parties are arrogant. Why? Because pride plows the way for contempt for others' opinion. Pride inflames passion and wounds feelings. Because of competitiveness, also an aspect of pride, a person feels he has the right to fight back. If we are ever involved in a quarrel that seemingly will not end, we should be well advised from God's word that the problem is pride. It is somewhere in the picture in one or both who are participating in the conflict. The quarrel will never end until one person makes up his mind to stop it by refusing to argue back Suppressing the feelings that he must overcome. Are you listening? Okay. One of the greatest spiritual advances that I understood in my life that I don't have to win. I don't have to win. God loves us both. I don't have to win the argument. I don't have to prove my point. God loves us both. Strive, now listen to this. Strive is deeper than arguments, broader than disagreements. Strive usually involves bitterness and sometimes violence. Now pay attention now. Now we're getting to the roots of why someone is continuously in conflict. What's the main issue? Bitterness. 
bitter. Your soul is bitter. And bitter promotes violence. Now, this is all the things that keeps warfare present in your life. When strife occurs among families, it can result in lifelong emotional scars. When strife occurs among believers, the church testimony is tarnished and Christ is dishonored. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3. Proverbs chapter 20. Now look here. <coughs> look at this here. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3. It is an honor for a man to keep away from strife by handling situations with thoughtful foresight. But any fool will start a quarrel without regard for the consequences. Now, interesting. Now, look, look at the main principle. Look at the main principle that is established for God's kingdom to be a blessing to him. What is that word? Honor. What's honor founded from? When I honor you, what's the foundation of that? Love. Love. The Bible says to look at the interest of others rather than yourself. That is true honor. Uh, next scripture. Um, Proverbs 22.10. NIV. <coughs> Next scripture here. Drive out the mocker and out goes strife. Isn't that interesting? Been part of my journey for eight years. Drive out the mocker and out goes strife. Quarrels and insults are ended. And you know, the most powerful thing here that the enemy uses, he uses the truth to mock people. Just pay attention. Next scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. Look, you are still worldly, controlled by ordinary impulses, the sinful capacity. For as long as there is jealousy and strife and discord among you, are you not unspiritual? And are you not walking like ordinary men, unchanged by faith? First Timothy chapter six, verse four. <coughs> So you begin to see here, what's promoting God's blessings in your heart? Godly character. So when you read the word of God, what is your main focus? What is your main focus? Your character. To become like Christ. 
what attracts God's blessings to you? Godly character. You become a magnet for God's blessings, a magnet for the Holy Spirit. And you know what's so important? They said that love is a divine love. It's given by God. It's not something you work towards. Yes, you can persevere in this area, but it's a divine agape love from God. You have to ask him for it once you see that you cannot love. The only thing the disciples ask for, Lord, this is a hard thing. Teach us how to love. They knew. Okay. Now look at this here. They are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicion. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20. Now look here. <coughs> this is Paul's teachings. For I am afraid that perhaps when I come, I may found you not to be as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish, that perhaps there may be strife, jealousy, angry tempers, disputes, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. Now all these things blocks God's blessings from your life. Why? Why? Because he lacks the love of God. If there is one thing you can get from this teaching, that many people are not being blessed by God because they lack his love. Deeper than that, they lack the truth. Because Jesus gave you grace to handle every situation through his word. So does God bless you out of nothing? Does God bless you from nothing? Or does he bless the change of character in your heart? You need to know this. Some people want to remain in their anger, remain in their disobedience, remain in their fallen character. But you begin to see what's attracting God's blessings to my heart. Am I changing to become like Christ? The Bible tells you, what profit does it you, you love the tax collectors? Oh, sorry, love those who love you. Even the tax collectors do that. Because love those who hate you. Love them. So what attracts God's blessings? What attracts God's blessings? The love of God. And love has an opposition. Love is always challenged. Love doesn't come from nothing. It always has an enemy. It always has an opposition. In your heart, you have the right to hate. In your heart, you have the right to disconnect yourself. In your heart, you feel like, I'm not going to get too close to him. What does the love of God do? He remembers no evil. Proverbs 13.10 Proverbs 13.10 By pride comes nothing but strife. But with well advised is wisdom. See, so many people come to me. Why am I getting attacked? Now I take it back to you now. 
Why am I getting attacked? Why does the enemy have a footstool to continuously disrupt my life? What is the major issue? What is the major issue? Pride, lack of love, selfishness. Disunity means warfare, but better than that, it's deeper, it's a heart issue. So what attracts the enemy to your heart? Pride. What attracts God's blessings? Unity. But how can a person reach that place of unity? The love of God. So what blocks? I'll share it with you. What blocks God's blessings over your life? Not dealing with your character. You know the people in the book of Revelation? You have the five foolish and the five unwise, remember? One of them lost oil. You know what that oil was? They didn't go through the crushing. They didn't allow the Holy Spirit to deal with their character. Isn't that interesting? The anointing, you know what the anointing means? The anointing means to break the yoke. To break what yoke? The yoke of the devil inside your heart. That's why you receive the anointing from God. So the ones that didn't, that had no more oil, they refused to allow their hearts to be crushed by the Spirit of God. They, re they refused to allow the Holy Spirit to change their hearts. Now listen to me. God's Word says that there are going to be believers who don't know Him. Do you want to be these people? Believe me, like, think about your own life. Do you want to be these people? Where they called Him Lord? Think about your own life. i tell you the truth. Think about your own life. The greatest role of the Holy Spirit was to bring Godly character to your heart. Read it, Romans chapter 5. Trials and situations, circumstances brings character. I don't want to change. I feel offended. I feel like I cannot trust this man. So many people in the church today cannot move forward because of this. My role is to love. Yes, there are principles of truth. Yes, there is order. But the greatest role is to love. So what attracts God's blessings? Lord, I'm going to do all these things for you. What attracts God's blessings? Love. When you love God, you have compassion like Him. You have mercy like Him. And you'll be drawn to all the believers to bring restoration to the people. You will. Now, what do you think I'm saying this? What do you think that I'm saying this? Paul talks about love growing cold. Yes? Imagine believers coming together and they want to bite and devour each other. 
by the grace of God, I, I never want to get to this place with, with all the people that are here. Build the culture of God's love. Why? So when the Spirit comes, it stays. You sustain the blessing. <clears throat> but isn't it an eye-opener for you to think deeply that, am I cooperating with the Holy Spirit? Am I actually cooperating with the Holy Spirit for blessings to keep coming on my life? Am I? Or am I focusing on sharing with everyone about Christ without being changed inside? It's a question. Ask yourself. <clears throat> okay. Now let's have a look at this and we'll finish off. So what does spiritual ignorance do? The root word of spiritual ignorance, it's, it's to have a moral blindness to discern good from evil in your heart. The Bible says that my people are destroyed from their lack of knowledge. So many people read the word of God for not to change. You're called to read to change. Make no mistake. And someone says, oh, you know, I've heard this before. And the reason why you're not getting blessed by God, because you're not focusing on the area he wants you to focus on. How many people go and come, backslide and start again, choke in their journey, reach a place of being burnt out and run down? It's for a reason. It's for a reason. It's for a reason that this continues, continuously happens. It's for a reason. And what is the Holy Spirit doing today here? He's paving the way of what you need to focus on. So God hates strife in His church. And there are six reasons. Strife destroys unity. Strife is the opposite of love. Strife confuses the world that watches our every step. Why? Everyone will know that you're my disciples by how you love one another. So people look at us. These people aren't Christian. And Christ's name is blasphemed. Christ's name is dishonored. Let's learn to love each other and be there for each other. Now this is a message for all of you here. Love is the only key that's going to allow you to get promoted by God. And love crushes Satan and his character. It really does. Where pride wants to get a grip of you, hatred wants to get a grip of you, bitterness wants to get a grip of you. The enemy wants to get a grip of you. He cannot touch you. Because where there's love, there's what? Where there is love, there is what? Perfection. God is perfected in you. Not many people reach that place. Paul describes a person growing in the New Testament as how their love for each other is growing deeply. You know that? We, we are so attracted to the power of God and the mighty move of God and casting out demons, healing and word of knowledge. The most important key is the love of God. That's the most important key. 
Because without love, you're not Christ yet. You're, you do not belong to Christ. Strife never allows baby Christians to mature. Strife is a sign of worldliness and immaturity. Strife distracts us from our ultimate purpose of making disciples. Now, my role, by the grace of our Lord Jesus, is to make disciples. But how do you want to be built on Christ? What type of foundation do you want to establish as a believer? If it's not love, then you're building in vain. Can you understand? Can you understand? If love is not the one dictating you, you will fall short. You will run out on an empty tank, I can assure you. Love is your promoter. Love is the key. Believe me. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 6, 16 to 19. There are six things. How many people have read this scripture? There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devices wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up dissension in the community. Now you begin to see, you begin to see what brings God's blessings. And you begin to see the deepest secret place of your heart at home when people wrong you. How do you respond inside? Because that's where God listens. It's true. How many people want to be blessed by God? God blesses love. Make no mistake. Imagine you casting out demons, healing the sick, uh, bringing salvations, and love is not the one that's promoting you. Pride is. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? It's not. So I care for you, Sia. Every person here that's listening, I care for you. I want you to get this truth inside your heart. I want you to understand this truth inside your heart. Because God is there. Your blessings will come and you'll be sustained. They won't come and go anymore. You'll be on level ground moving forward. I want you to receive this word in your heart. All of God's blessings in the Bible are circled around the character, are circled around change. Isn't that interesting? Lord, bless me. Change. Lord, bless me. Love them. So every day you face trials, every day you face challenges. And God sees if you can truly be trusted as a worker. He sees. Mm -hmm. 
And I pray by God's grace that no one here in this place ever gets to this place. I've lost too many people. And by the grace of God, I wish not to do this anymore. I don't want this to happen. And it's not about someone letting you down. It's about the heart. Can I say something to you? How many people of your family members wrong you? How many people in their family have wronged you? Yes? And you still make peace with them. But when someone here wrongs you, you're out the door. Now, your family in Christ is greater than your physical family. Is it not? Christ said that. So begin to ask and receive this in your heart. We are here to do life together in Christ. Amen? I'm teaching you what brings and attracts God's blessings and also what allows you to continuously op operate in conflict, bitterness, disunity, conflict. You begin to see all these things. It's a heart issue. You know how many people attack me? And I went up to them. I went to a pre-wedding many years ago. And when my people came against me, they ripped me to pieces. But God showed me it's going to happen to me many months before. And you know what happened? i share it with you. I cried that night. I got to the pre-wedding. And the Holy Spirit said to me, when you can go to them, and love them, and bless them, then I'll truly put my power inside of you. And I went to every table, and I poured them a drink, and I said, I love you, my friend. But I meant it, because of what Christ has done inside of my heart. Now, all the encounters that I had with the Lord, they were encounters of love. And that's what changed me as a person. That's what transformed me as a person. The love of God. Because when you can love those who hate you, truly, everything is fulfilled in you. How can you ever be defeated? How can you ever be dismantled? How can you ever run dry? Love is the dictator. And God said, if you can love them, I'll put my power in you. And he said it to me. But I didn't love them for his power. But when you love, there is power. The Spirit comes, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, it's going to come. So what's the key? The love. The Holy Spirit comes. And He allows you to be the hands and feet of Christ. What's the opposite of love? Pride, disunity, discord, conflict, bitterness. And that's most of people's hearts today. And they can't see it. They think, I'm like this because of this situation. I'm like this because of the circumstance. I'm like this because someone else treated me like this. No, you have no right to do this. You have no right to be this person. For Jesus to love Judas to the end, there's no love in true hypocrisy. And it's true. Start with loving your family. Start with loving those around you. So Christ can come and bring salvation to the people. So bless you all. And I pray, if you can stand up.
um, William, William, uh, come bring your wife. Thank you for coming. Just stand here, please. Thank you for coming. My heart is to tell you the truth. I tell you what the Holy Spirit tells me. Believe me, it's no one but the Holy Spirit. I tell you what He tells me to change you. And He is true. There's nothing greater to be dictated by the love of God. If you love me, you will keep my commands. Everything begins in the love of God. Amen? And it's something that it's God given by God. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Don't let the enemy trap you. Don't let the enemy pour poison into your heart. Don't let this happen. Because it will not go well with you. You will attract warfare and your heart will become spiritually blind. Please understand me. Please understand me. Don't be these people. So open your hands. Father, we worship you. And I thank you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, today that our hearts are transformed and that godly character is produced in us. Because you live in us, Lord, we can accomplish this. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. But I thank you for being the compass that's allowing us to move deeper and deeper into you. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you in this place, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your truth that sets us free. And I pray, Father, today in Jesus' name, that spiritual ignorance is removed from our lives. We repent from spiritual ignorance and we pray by the Spirit of grace that you allow us to overcome this. Thank you, Father. As we enter your throne of grace, we pray that we can overcome spiritual ignorance and become true ambassadors where there's unity and love. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray for every heart that's heavy today. I pray for everyone struggling today, that they may be free in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Turn around, please. Turn around, please. We thank you, Father. Stand behind. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, who does not change like shifting shadows. I command the baby inside of their womb to be healed now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Any sickness, any disease,